Well, hi everybody and welcome to Rob Evans 365. This is day number 658. And this morning, I have been up early as ever, 20 past four, and got some work done before my early morning sessions. And uh, just done a couple of those via Zoom, uh, which have been really good actually. People are loving the flexibility of being able to stay at home during this crisis and shut down and be able to still exercise so um, I just did a post actually uh, late last night just saying how grateful I am for the technology and somebody was telling me this morning that the guy who created Zoom has made something like six billion dollars over the last week or something like that because of the massive demand worldwide for those services uh, it's interesting, the people that are, are coming out of this crisis in, I guess, being in the right place at the right time. And who would have thought, uh, like the people that sell gym equipment online, would be selling out of stock everywhere around the world because people are just looking to uh, get their hands on any type of equipment that they can. And the sad part is that once this is over, there's going to be a whole bunch of this stuff being sold on eBay for next to nothing uh, because people will no longer be using it. But it's, uh, it's interesting uh, how things that were being used before, like Zoom, that just an event happens and then the worldwide demand for it just goes through the roof. I mean, also think about the people that make the medical equipment. The, um, you know, the masks, the gloves and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I don't know how, how much they normally sell like a mask for, but I know that yesterday I saw that 11 million are being bought into or being released by the, the government into, uh, you know, like general healthcare people. Uh, now, as of the announcement yesterday or something, so that's 11 million of those. So somebody's had to manufacture 11 million of them. I don't know how much they're costing, but gee, the global demand is ridiculous at the moment. So there are some people that are making an absolute squillion over, you know, everything that's going on right now, um, particularly the supermarkets. They must be just going bananas with the amount of profits that they're reaping in right now. But anyway, I'm out enjoying, so it's a gorgeous day here today. There's not a cloud in the sky, the sun has come up and it's crisp. It's very crisp, it's only about like 10 degrees or something, but it's gonna be a gorgeous day. I just love this time of the year, it's beautiful. Today's topic, what I wanted to talk to you about is tapping in to our inner strength to give you that outer strength. So I was watching something uh, over the last few days, which was about a week ago, I suppose, uh, from a strength athlete. So the world's strongest man, and oh, he has been like four times before, I think, Eddie Hall, UK guy. Uh, I've always loved the strong man. Uh, competitions, not from the perspective of uh, you know the bodies of the athletes because they're all they're all huge looking, just they look like big fat guys, but they're 
you know, so, so powerful. You're talking about guys that are, you know, normally well over six foot tall, six foot five, six foot seven, you know, giants of people, weighing well over 200 kilos, most of them, and uh, lifting ridiculous amounts of weights. Now, Eddie Hall is the first person to ever deadlift uh, 500 kilos. And I was watching uh, a little uh, film that he, he filmed at, at home, I think his wife filmed it actually, where he was talking about how did he get to lifting 500 kilos, how was he able to do it. And what was really intriguing was how he had only ever lifted up to, I think it was 400 and, alright, make it the numbers right, so the 465 that rings a bell because I think he was 35 kilos off it. So I think 465 kilos was the, the current world record. And he went to the, um, the promoters and said, look, how much will you pay me if I come back to this event next year and lift 500? And they're like, you just name your price. And so that's what he did because he, he was asked, you know, what was the driver for doing it? And he said money. Because he said what he, he needed money to be able to pay to become the biggest, um, sorry, the, um, the world's strongest man. And he was going through, um, you know, it was costing him about 800 pounds, it's a UK guy, so 800 pounds a week to sustain that lifestyle with food, with his uh, treatment, uh, for you know massage and physio and hypnotherapy and all that kind of stuff so it needed to you need to pay 800 pounds a week that was before bills or mortgage repayments or anything like that so he said it was for money and so uh, that was a big incentive for him so then he said well if he's 35 kilos off and nobody's even got close to lifting it ever before then how is he going to do it so he was listening to some things and he, he discovered that uh, there was this guy that he could, he could go and work with so he when he was talking to this person he realized that uh, he said that the the typical person only taps into when they're doing a say a workout for instance uh, they're only tapping into about 50% of their strength when it comes to a normal workout. This is most people. And he said, what you need to do is to be able to find that way to tap into that additional 50% so that you can lift more. So what he was feeling was when he was doing his, say, 465 kilo current world record at that time, he was only tapping into, this expert reckoned, about 70% of his potential. So he had 30%, I might, these numbers might be not quite right if you listen back to the, the, uh, the YouTube video, uh, but I think it, I'm going from memory, I think he said 70%. So he had an extra 30% of capacity that he could tap into. Now isn't that quite amazing? I have also heard before that most humans only tend to use 
of their brain, leaving another 90% of what is never tapped into. So if you've got that plus the strength element that you're not, you're not using properly, then we really don't know what we're capable of, do we? We have so much potential that lays within us. You know, you hear people say uh, quite often, you know, oh, you've got lots of potential. I see you've got the potential uh, to do this, but most people don't tap into it. Well, why is that? I mean, you watch a, tra a champion uh, sports person, it's probably easiest to refer to that, but then you see a champion sports person, and you know those moments, say, where there's a, a tennis match and there's that, that particular point where they're about to lose the whole, the whole match and something happens and that's when they step up and they, they win that point and then they go on to win the next point and then they, they have a breakthrough and change the momentum and they end up winning the whole tournament. Or you can see it on a sporting field when somebody just does something absolutely spectacular. Um, they're, they're probably the easiest references because they're well televised. But you know, those, there's just those moments in time where somebody says, it's time to step up, man, and just claim it but most of us don't do that. And so when Eddie was then talking about how do I then tap into that place, he, he went to see this person and under hypnotherapy, uh, he worked out that what he needed to do was when it got to that moment where he needed to draw on every fiber within his soul to uh, do that lift he needed to go to a really really dark place for him in order to tap into it he needed to it needed to be such a dark dark place that it created uh, so much uh, I suppose so much anger within him that he channeled that energy through his body into the bar to get it off the floor and he said that he, he wouldn't say what it was that he would think about. He said, if you thought about, um, you know, if I verbalized it, then you think what sort of a, a sick person are you to think those thoughts. But I think bottom line was he was thinking about uh, somebody, you know, taking his kids or harming his kids or, you know, doing something like that. And then he, he used all of that energy and blocked everything else out to actually do the lift and then they showed the footage a couple of times of him actually lifting it in front of I think 8,000 people in the stadium and and he talked about what happened afterwards as well to his body so you can see him lift the 500 kilos off the floor he breaks the world record and you can see the bloods rushing out of his, uh, his nose and and everything but in the, the days or the hours subsequent he was bleeding out of his eyes he was bleeding out of his ears uh, as well and what actually happened to him was he, uh, he suffered from concussion from that lift because there was just so much pressure and intensity into that lift uh, that it caused him so much of a, an internal injury because the human body is not really meant to lift that much and for a long time they said it was impossible no one will ever beat 500 
uh, well, you know, lift 500 kilos, the human body just can't lift it. And he was referring to Roger Bannister. Now, Roger Bannister, who was the first person to ever break the four minute mile, for many years they said that it's not humanly possible for a person to run a mile in uh, less than four minutes. Um, but he did it, and he also thought of that. He said, well, he's, they said that he couldn't do it, and he did it. They said that you can't lift 500 kilos, and now he's done it. And the, the damage that he suffered, uh, he, he lost his memory, he was, uh, you know, he couldn't remember things, he didn't remember who people were. So obviously the swelling in the brain as a result of the trauma of that, that pressure was you know, really quite distressing, I'm sure. He was, he was concerned and uh, his family would have been concerned as well. But the point of telling you all this, you know, like it was a fascinating insight into him really funny guy too. It's worth watching some of his, um, his stuff. Um, the point of telling you is about tapping in to what you think you can't tap into. And I know for me, if I take, okay, here's a, a really present example. So I trained my legs on, what day is it? Thursday, so I trained them on Tuesday, and I, the way that I train, like warm up my legs now, is different to the way that I've ever warmed them up. And my coach has just got me doing a different, a different sequence in how I, I do that, which means that I warm up on a, a much much lighter weight than I used to, and uh, I was warming up, and it was only a hundred and it was 145 kilos, so on the leg press. So uh, pretty light, given that you know I can go up to 300. And I was doing the 145, and I'm like, man, this is this feels really hard for me. And uh, you know, you talk yourself into how hard it is. And I did the first set. And I thought, man, that was so hard. My next set's 190 kilos. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. And then my next set after that is 240 kilos. So and I'm walking my way through and I'm consistently saying, this is hard. You know, I'm, I'm saying, this is hard today. Why is it hard today? And I got to 240 and the, the kids were in the gym training with me and uh, this song came on, on the radio. Uh, not, I'm sorry, it wasn't on the radio, it was on my iPod. And I can't even remember what the song was. So I, I lift the bar, uh, the, so I'm in there ready to do the, the lift and I push it up and before I release the, um, the supports that it's on to then do a full, a full lift, I'm in that moment, I'm thinking, I listen to the music and I'm like, it was uh, like a slower sort of song. Uh, I also said to myself, as soon as I lift it off, I can't do this, this is heavy. So I put it straight back down again, and I said, no, that's, I'm not gonna do it like this. But I said, I need to change something. So what I did is I got out, and I changed, I changed it to a, a song 
that I have strongly linked what I'm going to achieve this year. And if I get to that moment where I'm on stage and I get to choose my music, this is the song that I will play with shirt off, tanned up, shaved down, holding a check above my head. That's, and 3,000 people going nuts. That, so that's the vision that I have in my mind and the vision that I attach this song to. So I thought, nah, I need something more now. And I said, I was telling this to the kids. So I went over, I found the song, put it on, turned it up really loud, got into the position again, and then I just visualized. And I said, right, here I am. This is why I'm doing this. This set is gonna get me closer to, you know, my legs looking that certain way when I'm standing on stage. That's what I'm gonna, um, you know, channel all my energy into right now because this is legs. So I need to push those legs hard because I need to do this and I can do this. And so I did it and guess what? By the end of that set, I'm like, that was easy. Now all the change, was the song, my mindset, my focus, the vision that I had in my head. So what did I do? All I did was tapped into the stuff that Eddie was talking about that he tapped into to get to his 500 kilo deadlift. And when you do that, you just go to another level. And one of the things that I've realized is it's so easy during my workouts to just go through the motions if you want to. How do I know that? Because I'm sure I've just done that for years. Like if I think back to 10 years ago, 15 years ago, how I used to train, even seven years ago, how I used to train. Uh, like I, I used to leave a lot in the tank. Why? Because I didn't focus on a bigger purpose. I didn't have that target. I never set that target to aim for. And this is the big challenge for people. And often what holds people back is they don't think big enough. They don't think about what is something that I really, really want. What do I really want to achieve in my life? What do I really want to achieve for my body? What do I want to really get out of these workouts? Rather than just turning up, because years ago I decided that, well, let's be fair, it's probably two years ago that I said to myself, do you know what, I'm sick of playing this small game for my body. I want to have a body that if I took my shirt off, people would say, I want to look like that. And I felt that I was doing myself an injustice. You know, I work in the industry, uh, I never felt that I wanted to be that guy that got the shirt off, that um, I, I felt also that if I reflected on that a little bit more deeply, what I actually realized was that, well, I didn't want to be that guy because I didn't think I could ever be that guy to take the shirt off and have a body that people would say, wow, I want to look like that. So it was probably came out of fear. but. What I determined at the start of this year was that I'm not going to be that guy anymore. 
I'm going to do this for me because I felt that I'd always you know given things up for other people and that I wanted to be able to have nothing hold me back from achieving what it was that I wanted to achieve for me so then I went about creating that big goal for me for this year which is about being on stage now that has then set off a, a chain of events for me to make sure that I can't fail. And I've taken all the action up to this point to you know, put all the things in place, get the coaching, um, you know, get my food right, um, get my, my head straight, get the target right, get my why why I want to do this absolutely spot on as well and then you find a way to make it happen once you make those things big enough you just find a way to make those other things happen and it's kind of like when I discovered what I truly wanted to be doing with my career it's it's that level of excitement I am always felt envious of those people that had jobs that they said that they loved. They really loved their jobs. And I thought, man, how do they do that? How do you find that job you love? How do you do that? I, I want that for me. And I, did, I never knew how to do it. But then one day I found it, which is what I'm doing now. And it's like, wow, that's so exciting. I've worked out what I truly want to do and I absolutely love it and every day I do what I love doing and when that moment came it's like you know I, I never thought that I'd be in this position I never thought that I would have a job that I I love that much that it just doesn't feel like work and I put in so many hours, so much time, but it never feels like work. It's just something that I'm passionate about doing. And I feel so, so grateful for my mindset to be able to keep working until I found what it was that I wanted. I think the, the, greatest, the greatest sadness is where you give up in that search. Because if you keep searching, if you're passionate enough, you'll keep searching until you find what it is that you want to do. Find what it is that is going to drive you and thrive you. And that's what I feel has happened for me with uh, the, uh, you know, my own health and fitness journey this year. And it's super, super exciting. It really is. Uh, so, I guess there's a couple of points coming out of this. Yes, tapping into that that inner strength that you have to create that outer physical strength is really something special that most people don't realise that they've got. And I think you know you can you can train and train and train and just not really make any of those improvements but when you make the decision to tap into something at a whole other level 
that's when things start to change for you. Like for him, it was the Eddie Hall, that is. For him, it was that 500 kilos, getting that off the ground. The, the carrot for him was the money. And then tapping into that, that deep, dark place that he needed to go to feel so angry that he could channel that through his body into his arms and legs and to lift it off the floor and get it done. Um, so a very, very big goal uh, with incredible focus and having a clear visual image of that every day, multiple times a day, so that each mouthful of food that he had, he knew, went towards giving him this outcome. Each hour of sleep he got was doing, you know, uh, getting him closer. Each part of physio was getting him one step closer to where it was that he, he wanted to get to. And I think this is where most people in a transformation journey don't dig deep enough to say, okay, what is it that I want? What's that big thing that I want? Why is that so important to me? And what am I prepared to do in order to get that? And I'm not talking about anything illegal or moral or, you know, wrong. I'm talking about what's, how do you leave the place a better place and how do you become a better person as a result of doing this uh, by helping others and helping yourself and helping the environment and doing all those other things as well. But most of us just don't tap into that part of our mind and heart and soul to be able to clearly articulate something that's really important uh, to us and, and gonna keep driving us uh, you know, uh, really far forward. Which is why most of us, most people, I shouldn't say us because it's not me, but why most people are uh, considered overweight or obese. Uh, but we can change that. We have the ability, you have this unique ability within you to be able to change this. All that's stopping you is that one decision which is deciding to make that change and deciding to be that difference. But again, in order for Eddie to achieve what he achieved, what did he surround himself with? Multiple coaches, multiple authorities in what it is that they do to help him achieve what he wants to do. My greatest lesson in life has been, you want to get something, you want to get there faster, and you want to make sure that you actually you know, reap the rewards that you want, get the best coaches that you can afford to take you there. Anyway, I wanted to share that with you because I hadn't heard that before about us only tapping into, like him being an athlete, 70% uh, of your potential strength. Um, that's, to me, super exciting because you've just got all this other untapped potential. So, wherever you are in the world, you have a fantastic day because I'm really loving this sunshine. I haven't had some vitamin D uh, for the last day or so. Apart from the one I consume in a little capsule, 
it's just good to get out and, and stretch the legs and get some fresh air as um, you know, our, our decline still continues with the, the virus. I think we're down to like 2%. Actually, before I walked out the door, I saw a thing on the news. I think we have currently 6,000 and something uh, cases of the, the virus right now. Uh, see, actually, I think it might have been 6,012. And I think there's been 50 deaths, unfortunately. But, I mean, when you can compare us to others, the UK had 900 people pass away from the virus yesterday, just in one day. It's like, man, that is crazy. Obviously, they have a much bigger population. But so the steps that we're doing, they're working. Um, people seem to be doing the right thing, which is good as I'm noticing as I'm walking around today, this morning. Um, so you stay safe and healthy wherever you are. Keep washing your hands. Stay clean. Stay distant. And we'll get through this before you know it. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.